0: it just all made so much sense that I was supposed to come here and be vegan. And I'm not an angry vegan. I don't shame people who eat meat. I sit across the table from people eating meat because I love those people. You know, I don't choose to go to the meat centric restaurant that just opened, but I don't shame people. And it's just not in my, my vibration to be angry and to force people to watch videos of horror. And, and I said, and and I think that's why I love Farm Sanctuary so much is because their, their message is from compassion and it's not from hate. They're in the solution energy. And that's what Golden said to me that day. She goes, it's because they're in the solution energy and you're in the solution energy. And just everything made so much sense. Like, so whether I was one of those animals, in another life. Maybe I was one of those slaughterhouse workers in another life, but I am here to make amends and I'm making amends through love. Here we go. Welcome back to the show, you guys. This is the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess and I got Beach here with me. We are plant-based endurance athletes. We are yogis. We are podcasters. We are cookbook authors. We are coaches. What else are we?
1: Lovers. We're
0: lovers. (laughs) We are lovers. We love all. Uh so we're here with the August Ask the YTs, and I know you just heard from us a couple weeks ago, but we had so many questions that we didn't want to wait too long until we finished up the episode and all the questions. So we are gonna be jumping right in today. But that's kind of a lie because I want to first welcome Christian to the team.
1: Welcome Christian. He's been listening to the podcast and
0: yeah dude we're so we're so fired up to have you with yeah, us Yeah,
1: thanks dude for signing up i know um you've got iron man florida coming up in 12 is weeks this is his first iron man first iron man so cool yeah super awesome so yeah he just uh started this week so yeah super stoked for this guy i think uh he's got everything he needs just needs a little guidance of course he and, has everything uh, he needs towards,
0: we we're just do. gonna pull it out right. christian <laughs> we're gonna pull out your greatness and yeah. it's gonna be awesome it's like. You join the team and we just kind of like reach inside. It's kind of like a sci-fi horror movie, but it's really awesome. And then we just like pull you from the inside out, and then you turn into this warrior. Yeah, exactly, a warrior. I not love just it. on the
1: course, not just in training. No,
0: because it can't just be in training. It can't. Well, because we can't selectively learn. So, you know, if we're going to be amazing as an athlete, then at least the way that we coach and the way that we guide our athletes, like you're going to be amazing in every aspect of your life because we take in the whole spectrum as we, as we train. And then I also want to thank Laura, who is a team Yogi triathlete member for becoming our latest member of Patreon, our supporter of Patreon. Thank you so much, Laura. You have no idea. It's like Christmas when we get that notification in our, in our email account that someone has become a a supporter of the show because we love this show and you know, a year ago, I was on a call with my psychic saying, what do we do? Like, do we continue to, with the show or not? And she was like, yes. And I have that in my notes, all capital letters. Yes, you must continue with the show. And then we had another point in March of this year where whew, it was getting really, really tough on this end to make the ends meet, and we asked for support, and you guys rose up, and you gave us some support, and um, so we thank you so much, and that Patreon page, you guys are getting extras. I actually put up a a podcast preview today with a recipe that is apparently kid-friendly and weight-loss-friendly, and of course, athlete-friendly and vegan-friendly, so that's up there. Check it out, and now we're going to dive right in.
1: Let's do it. What's yeah, our first, let's just what's do our it, first man. question? We're not
0: fooling around today. We are awake and ready. No, all business. Our first question comes from Deepthi, who is also a Team Yogi Triathlete athlete. I love these guys, man. I love it. We got to do our Coffee with the Coaches soon, too. Mm. We've been doing that uh, on our Team Facebook page every month. Well, every month. We did it in July, and that was the inaugural, so we're going to do it in August. So now we
1: have, ta- we have 20-something days in August <laughs> to do it for the second time. <laughs> I'm
0: psyched. I love this team so much. <laughs> So Deepthi definitely wants us to talk about nutrition. What do we eat on a daily basis? And do you think there's one food that keeps energy levels up? And sleep, how many hours is recommended? So Deepthi, you listen to the podcast regularly. And if you don't listen to the podcast regularly, I'm talking to everybody who's listening to this. Go back and listen to the episode... That we posted a couple weeks ago, because we talk about our daily diet and what we eat. But in a nutshell, it's a full spectrum, plant-based whole foods diet. We incorporate all kinds of colors, all kinds of beans and legumes and lentils and sauerkraut for a healthy gut biome and spinach and um, fruit and lots and lots of bananas. So check out that podcast that we posted a couple weeks ago because we go into more detail on that. But,
1: but also, we, the uh, a lot of recipes are in the high vibe cookbook. Yeah, that we have. And yeah, those are a lot of the. That's really the basis of what we fuel ourselves with when we cook meals. Otherwise, we're doing smoothies, we're doing leftovers, we're eating lots and lots of bananas. But and I think the cookbook is is a good is a good place to start.
0: It's summertime right now, so a lot of stuff we're eating is just raw because it's warm. We're at our hot point here in Southern California, but BJ, that's. Such a good point. And I can't stress enough, you guys, that the Yogi Triathlete Cookbook, High Vibe Recipes for the Athlete Appetite, which is available on Amazon, is such a picture of our diet. It's not even funny because every single one of those recipes was created from, okay, let's see what we have in the house.
1: Or let's see what we have while we're on the road because some of those recipes were done while yeah. we were traveling across the country with one Coleman burner, camping fire stove and one pan.
0: Right. right and some waterproof matches and no
1: refrigerator, no refrigeration. So everything that we were doing was picked up at a store that day, or we f- we just had to yeah had to eat it. So basically. for those of you that
0: don't know, in two thousand and sixteen, Beech and I got rid of everything we owned um, on account of a very intense meditation that I had in late two thousand fifteen six months later we got rid of everything we sold our house and we moved into our honda fit with our dog clark and we hit the road to raise awareness that living a more vibrant life is within reach for everyone and certainly uh, that trip sparked a massive growth spurt in our life and like everything you know with growth it's not comfortable so a lot of iron man's listening in to these episodes and you know any any distance triathlete knows that, you know, you got to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And um, so a lot of those recipes came from us not having a cooler, living out of our car, going to the market every day, sometimes three times a day to just get what we needed for the meal. And then we threw it together in one pot. So check that out. And then do you think there's one food that keeps the energy level up? What do you think about that, Beach? I've got a couple in mind. I...
1: I mean, keep the energy up. I want to say like the smoothie bowl, just our smoothie bowls with bananas and then topped with cacao. Yeah. I, 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 for me, that, that seems like this, that's a consistent thing every day, pretty much every day. Yeah. I mean, Something with bananas.
0: I love bananas. They're, have, so spiritually, bananas are a very, very powerful food in the spiritual world. So if you like bananas, I love bananas. We're in a big banana phase right now.
1: We, we actually went so far as to test out buying a case of bananas at the local grocery store <laughs> to see, because we were buying like a bunch or two bunches every two days. And we're like, oh yeah, we can, we can totally buy a, buy a case of bananas. And I was all excited. I'm like, oh, look at all this stuff. And we went through that box of bananas, probably in two weeks. There's we, a
0: lot of bananas in a case. There's a lot a of bananas case. in a
1: case. And we had to freeze a lot of them. We had layers and layers of bananas <laughs>
0: frozen
1: <laughs> with wax paper in
0: between. So many, I was waking up in the middle of the it night because the banana smell was so strong. It was actually taking me out of my sleep. So and we, we have
1: a, We have a studio. So we don't have any separation between so the, the kitchen, kitchen, the bedroom, the trash, like we can smell it all. <laughs> <laughs> so it was banana 24 Oh my God. It was
0: like our house was basked in the banana uh, essential oil. So we love bananas. I think bananas are really powerful food and cacao. I'll put a link in the show notes to One World Cacao, where we get our cacao from uh, a farm in Guatemala through my friend Nola, who was one of our first podcast guests and she's amazing. And this cacao is pretty powerful stuff. So, but I think, you know, energy levels is if you're low on energy, you know, look at, you know, as, as athletes, we do need to take in more calories. So as we talked about in the last episode, it's like really listening into your body. And if you're feeling low energy, have some fruit, put some carbs in there, put some fiber in there. Like that will fill you up. It'll, it'll energize you. And
1: I was going to say water, hydration. Yeah. Like that is a, that was one of the big things I, I realized when I went off of caffeine, like I was trying to find ways to stay Act like stay, keep the motivation up, keep the energy up because I'm still training as an Ironman. And one of those things was to hydrate more, so drink more water. So when you have those feelings of fatigue, right? You have, you're, you're tired. It usually kicks in around two or three o'clock. You're feeling tired. You're like, oh, I can lay down for a nap or crash here. And or,
0: sometimes lay down sometimes for we a do. nap. Yeah.
1: And, and then you nap a lot. Babe. The go-to is caffeine. So the other option is to drink a ton of water. And then the other option is to get yourself outside and move. Like there's times where I'm feeling really tired and I, and I want to take a nap and probably should take a nap, but I get out and I move. I'll take Clark and we'll just walk down to the beach and then maybe the walk turns into a little jog and then a run. And then 20 minutes later, I just got a workout in and I'm more active than I would have been if I just took a nap and I get back to the house and I'm, I'm ready to, to keep going.
0: Yeah, I like that. So energy might not be caloric deficit. It could be, are you sitting in a chair all day? You know, get up and do 10 jumping stale, jacks. Stale air.
1: Like stale the st- air, yeah. In the open office. the window,
0: get outside. So that, I guess that leads into sleep. How many hours is recommended? So I, you know, it's, it's different for everyone. I can tell you what I do. I guard my sleep, like with my life. I love sleep and... I took an hour nap this afternoon. I, what? I, I know I did. <laughs> what? I know. I plugged into a couple. I put headphones in. I listened to a couple of abundance meditations, and I fell asleep. And I figure... Oh, man. Even though... I missed out on that. Because I already meditated this morning, so these were bonus. But if I, th- I thought if I fell asleep, I'm, I'm going to be having these amazing words seep into my subconscious. Because when we sleep, our subconscious comes alive. So, right. So if yeah. you
1: fall asleep to the TV, to Fox News, versus falling asleep to a Bob Proctor meditation.
0: So we're kind of talking about quality of sleep here, you know. Also, are you shutting off the social media, you know, half an hour before, or all the electronics, a half an hour, an hour, two hours, I would say would be ideal. And what do you, are you preparing a marinade for sleep? So I prepare a marinade for sleep every night. So what I do is I lay in bed and I say... Thank you so much for today. And it's organic, so it might be different. You know, so here's how it might go. Thank you so much for today. I'm so grateful for the strength, the movement, the connections. I'm so grateful for the nourishment, the abundance, the breath, the love, the challenges. I am so grateful for it all. And I hang on to none of it. I give it all back, the joy, the love, the intensity, the challenge, the good, the bad, everything. I hang on to nothing. I give it all back so that I may rest deeply and wake up tomorrow and meet every moment as it was meant to be, brand new. And so I do that every night before I go to sleep. I, do, I, mar- I marinate myself in gratitude, and I rest really well. I've always rested really well, but I would say that it's even better now because I do that. So I like to get eight hours of sleep. When I've been in Ironman training or at the height of my run training, you know, it, six hours. I try not to go below six hours. Six hours is like now I'm starting to look at is the, wor- is the workout more important than the sleep? What about you, Beach?
1: I used to be, you know, sleep, like the sleep hero. Like I could, I could do all these workouts and... Continue to work all day and drink coffee and, and in five six hours of sleep, I could rock it out, right? But that was when I was in the depths of like adrenal fatigue for sure. Definitely was not aware of the actual sleep that I needed. So yeah, I could have continued down that road, but I think it would have, in the long run, just just deterred and hindered my performance. But
0: so, what do you like for? So I've never asked you this before. Like, up? what do you think is your magic? Like for me, I think the magic numbers. Like, I like nine hours of sleep. That think, would be the magic number. I think eight. eight. I'm pretty good with eight.
1: Yeah. You know, I like to get to bed for, by nine and get up at, you know, five. Yeah. Um, that's For me, that seems the sweet spot. But also with a nap or two during the day, that's... For, for me, my naps are shorter than yours. My naps are like 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, quick in, quick out. For me. I know. I know. You're, you're definitely <laughs> we have, longer. We, sometimes
0: just, we have some pre-nap... Conversations. How long are you gonna be out? Well, <laughs>
1: probably thirty minutes. Can you make it forty? I'm like, all right, I will go out for forty minutes.
0: <laughs> or I'll, I'll be because I do guard it with my sleep. I'll be like, I am sleeping for an undetermined amount of time. So if you wake up, do not make any noise, and then I'll find you like Michael Scott from the office, like on the floor, like with your headphones doing plans on your right. on your computer. <laughs> You're like, was I quiet enough? I feel like a beast, but... Was it
1: yesterday? When was it? Thursday? It was Thursday. I was doing that workout, the brick workout, and I was doing loops, and I did a short loop, and then I came back, and you were getting ready for a nap, and you're like, well, how long is this loop going to be? I'm like, I'll go for the four-mile loop. It's 40 minutes, roughly. See, it helps
0: your training. Yeah. It actually helps your training. I know. I love that. Okay, let's move on. Lynn, any advice on pairing mental healing with conventional strategies for plantar fasciitis? Also, the devastating rest it just when I was pushing myself to real fitness. I feel punished and angry that this happened. Oh, so again, Lynn, we went deep into the mental power of injury in the last episode because we had another question on that. But uh, yes, a conventional strategy. So the mental piece, I feel like we covered in that last episode pretty good. Um, yeah, it's
1: the healing, healing, It's healing. healing.
0: Right. It's not. Right. It's not negative. In Injury, first of all, get rid of that out of your vocabulary and, and what see is it, it as healing.
1: In- instead, what is it? It's, it's the an, opportunity.
0: It's an opportunity to heal and to grow and to come back stronger. Right. And so conventional, one of the things that I love, so understand that plantar fasciitis can also have to do with ankle immobility and tight calves and all that stuff. But I have an ankle that definitely has a lot of scar tissue in it from a snowboarding accident that I had in the snowboard park when I was like 25 years old. Uh, you snowboarded? Yeah. <laughs> and truth be, yeah, that's all. let's stay on track. Okay. So <laughs> it's still, I still have some immobility in there because of that plantar fascia and because I didn't heal it right because I was impatient and, and all those things back then. So I get up in the morning and actually got this from you, BJ. Why don't you talk about the, the protocol?
1: This is a protocol I had plantar fasciitis leading into, what race was it? I think it was Arizona last year. And I, I started this protocol where first thing I did when I wake up in the morning, before placing my feet on the ground, is flex your toes, point your toes and flex them back. Point your toes and flex it back. So do that, I think it was 20 times. Okay, now you've, now you've woken that up. Then you sit at the edge of your bed, and you cross that uh, leg over your other knee, so then you can so that you're sitting uh, let's just say it's your right foot, so your right ankle is over your left knee, and you flex the toes, you grab your toes and you flex them, and you grab your left fingers, and you're going to go cross fiber, friction on the arch of your foot, back and forth. And it doesn't have to be super hard. It doesn't have to be like, I need to, to rub this thing in here and really do it. it. Just go back and forth 20 times, back and forth 20 times. Okay. And then you've got that done. Oh yeah. Then you do ankles, ankle circles, left ankle circles, right. You can do those 10 times each way. And then you get, then you stand up and you use that. What we use is the nano foot roller from trigger point. It's this little orange, uh, it's got little grooves on it, two wheels on either side. You stand up on that, you put your foot on it, and you roll back and forth slowly, like super, super slowly. Just let the pressure of your body weight work against the nano foot roller. And you go slowly back and forth, and you do that 10, 20 times. Then the final thing you do is you slip on your ufos. You don't walk barefoot, right? You use support, supported flip-flops with an arch. Uh... Regular flip-flops? I know you have a lot of...
0: No, I have a lot to say about (laughs) regular flip-flops. I like UFOS because you're not sliding into the thong. And when you slide into the thong, like the thing that goes between your big toe and second toe, it actively breaks down uh, your transverse arch that goes right underneath the, the balls of your foot. So that's actually not a great idea. But I love UFOS because there's a grip to it. So I'm not jamming into that that arch. And because the the most damage that you're going to do, this is my understanding and my experience is those first steps of the day. So if you can put some support on, you're warming it up. You're getting, when you're doing, when you're working with the joint, you're opening up the joint, you're getting synovial fluid in there. You're lubricating it. You're getting blood into the foot. And then you put on the shoes and then you're just walking into your day a lot. You're walking into your day into healing as opposed to regressing yeah, into the you're, into you're, the opportunity to heal.
1: You're more mobile, like your foot's more yeah. mobile versus being stiff.
0: So that's a that's a good one. And then, you know... The devastating rest it just when you're pulling yourself, you know, that's the mental opportunity to heal. That is all about the mental opportunity to heal. And the thing is that notice what comes up. So what's coming up is that you feel punished and angry. So the punished makes you feel like you don't have power. That makes you feel like a victim. But what if you switch that mindset to this is an opportunity for me to heal and it's temporary and it's an opportunity for me to welcome in what is and not going into the future. Because if we go into the future about how long it's going to take or we're indulging negative emotions and thoughts about what's happening, we are prolonging the healing based on universal law, but also because feeling angry and punished is stress in your system. And that's going to put you into that fight or flight response. And that's going to slow down your healing too. So physiologically and universally, you're slowing down that healing when we feel like we're a victim. Find power in this. And just doing those exercises that BJ mentioned is going to make you feel powerful because you're First thing that you're doing in your day is you're waking up and you're adding to the healing. You're moving forward. You're not regressing. You're moving forward in your day. And prepare your marinade for sleep the night before. That there's healing that's happening in your body. And there's nothing, nothing negative about it.
1: And you can do these exercises more than just in the morning. Like that's that's going to set your tone. But when I was leading into that race, I did these you know 3 or 4 times a day plus plus I was taking the 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 vibe grid the grid vibe the one that vibrates and working my calves every night so this is my marinade before I went to bed I would just put my calves on the grid vibe and just let it vibrate each calf just just because you have just because you have plantar fascia on one side doesn't mean that you can't work the other side to, to stay healthy so work both sides and I would just roll my calf slowly back and forth and did that for about two minutes each, and that was well enough to get me to run a really strong race in at Ironman Arizona.
0: Cool, man. Yeah, let's throw a let's throw a video up on Patreon. I'll for do a our video on that. Yeah. for our supporters. That's a good idea. On that those exercises, so we're going to do that. All right, moving on to our buddy Michelle, who was a podcast guest. Hey, Michelle. Easy whole food plant based snacks and meal ideas. All right, so let's both share a snack and a meal idea. So. My, one of my favorite snacks is take an avocado, open it up, take out the pit, you're going to have a little hole. Fill that hole with chickpeas, black beans, pinto beans, quinoa, and then squeeze some lime on there. So not all of those things because it's a small little hole, but whatever you can fit in there, whatever you have on hand. Then squeeze some lime on there, some salt, a little pepper, turmeric, and cumin, and that is an amazing snack. You're going to get protein. You're going to get fat. You're going to get a little bit of salt. You're going to get the anti-inflammatory properties of the turmeric because you're using the black pepper, which is going to help to make that turmeric and its property, its healing properties more bioavailable in your body. So that is my favorite snack. What's your favorite snack?
1: I like edamame. Like oh, yeah. Cooking up edamame. So we keep them frozen and you just have to cook up a cup or two, Heat, you know, boil some water. takes five minutes. Sprinkle some salt.
0: You could probably even just take it out and defrost it because
1: you don't really need to cook you it. You don't need to cook them. Uh, but yeah, sprinkle some salt, maybe a little bit of pepper, maybe a little bit of olive oil, but you don't need it. Um, maybe some almonds, some sliced almonds, crush those up. And then I, what I like to do too is just drink that with a, a cup of turmeric tea. So turmeric ginger tea, which has the turmeric, add a splash of black pepper, the two together, you're getting that, that uh, you're getting the the protein and whatever you need from the edamame. The, it, and, and for me, for my snack, it's finger food. Like I need, I like to grab something and, and grab it with my fingers and put it in my mouth. Like that's the habit, right? So change the habit. Right, keep the habit, but change what you're reaching <laughs> <Keep> for. The-, <laughs> the habit's tough to change, right? Keep
0: it. No, <laughs> it's not. You just don't want to change the habit. And that's right. fine. Yeah, and that's, Who cares? it's cool. Keep but the I've, habit. But I've
1: noticed it. And I, my relationship now is I'm going to grab... Edamame, and I'll just eat a ton of edamame and sip my ginger turmeric tea.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a wild night. <laughs> All right, and then meal ideas. So one bowls. You know, we're, we're, we have a minimalistic kitchen, so we have one pot. We have one pan. We, have, we actually have two knives now. We have one knife, and then we got a bread second knife. knife, a second bread knife for our favorite Prager Brothers bread, which is here in Carlsbad. So we have a minimalistic kitchen, and I do a lot of one-pot meals. I'll I'll just let you know what I'm making tonight. So I just cooked up some short grain brown rice, and we've got summer squash, zucchini, I think we have broccoli, and we've got some sweet peppers. And I'm going to saute those up, and I'm going to throw in coconut milk and some red curry and some turmeric. And I'm going to mix all that up and serve it over the rice. And it's going to be amazing. And it's not going to take long at all. Now, even a shorter uh, meal prep for that would be chop up the vegetables. And in the last five to seven minutes of the rice cooking or the quinoa cooking or whatever it is that you're going to have for your base, throw the vegetables in the pot with it, which is I did this on the road all the time at the campsite. And then you're steaming up your vegetables. So it's it's even better than sauteing it because I'll probably put a little bit of coconut oil in the pan tonight but you don't need to saute with oils you could always use vegetable oil and a lot of times you don't need anything and you do it a lot with with nothing so what's your oh i know i know what your one of your favorite meals is
1: oh the buffalo tempeh i'll take this to tempeh and steam it you know steam it for 10 15 minutes to open it up opens up the pores then i'll throw it in a pan skillet and and brown it up and then i'll just throw in soup uh sliced up peppers, red peppers, so now those those two are all like cooked up and warm and sizzling, and then I'll throw in cholula, just straight up cholula sauce, nothing else, straight up and super this is I'm talking three ingredients right now BJ
0: likes really basic food
1: so tempeh, red peppers, cholula, and then here's the option you can throw it on a bed of salad I, I'd do a, a bed of spinach is probably my favorite most most delicious dinner, like that is something I could eat a lot of. And then I sprinkled uh, hemp hearts on top. It's it's amazing. And then the other option is to throw that in a uh, burrito, in a tortilla. And now you've got uh, buffalo tempeh,
0: and oh, it yeah. doesn't take long at all. And you don't need to steam the tempeh. The steaming the oh, yeah, tempeh is pretty cool because it just expands it and it allows, if you're going to marinate it or have a sauce with it, it allows it, the sauce to get absorbed in it. But if you're tight on time, how long would that take you? Seven minutes? Super quick. Yeah, super quick. It's so easy. So I hope yeah. that's helpful, Michelle. All right, Lori, pre-race jitters and how to stay focused during the race. Sometimes I am clear and focused, and other times after my second swim stroke, I assumed I have failed and ruined everything. And then she's got the LOL, which, if your mom is listening to this podcast, it means laughing out loud, not, what does she think it is? Lots of love. Lots of love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we have sent his mom some, you know, news that somebody would not respond LOL
1: if there was a death in the family. Yeah, like a
0: death in the family. And his mom will respond to everybody on the text feed, LOL. We're like, we need to let her know that that's not lots of love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Beej, as yeah. a coach, what yeah. do you think about pre-race jitters and how to stay focused during the race?
1: Well, first of all, it's completely normal. Completely normal.
0: You're normal, Every- Lori. Yeah, everybody. You're in a body, girl.
1: When you look around and you see people standing so strong and they're like, "Wow, I wish I could be that person so calm." They were where you were at one point in their life. But what I can say for us here at Yogi Triathlete, Je- both Jess and I have experienced this. She's opened up to me about it, I've opened up to her about it. I think we've shared it on plenty of podcasts where we where we get to the starting line and yeah, it's it's scary. Like we have this fear that we're not going to hit our goal time, that we're we're going to get hit in the swim or Whatever the experience could be, it's not what we anticipate, right? So that means that we're sort of tied to the end result. And that's something that, first of all, we need to detach from. Because when you're there at, at the race start, you're about to have your own experience, right? Your experience that no matter how you write it down on paper or how you want it to go, the universe has a bigger plan. The universe has already dictated how your day is going to go. So... That's when we at Yogi Triathlete like to have our athletes just surrender to the experience. Like this is the experience you're going to have. You are 100% prepared. We work on all the things that you may anticipate going wrong, such as your goggles fogging up. Uh, you, somebody runs into you on the swim. You go off, off course. Like we, we course correct all those things in our training. We do swim sessions where you have to sight. You need to pick up your head. Like, let's remove the element of that, of what is causing the anxiety. The second thing is super easy. It's meditation. It's it's sitting quietly each and every morning with your thoughts. And as you get closer to the race day, you're visualizing how you see the race go, right? You're seeing yourself standing there. You're seeing yourself have anxiety. You're noticing what the anxious thoughts are coming from. Most likely it's because it's open water. You don't have much experience in open water. It's the fear of running into somebody or somebody running into you. It's getting the goggles kicked off. Any of those things can happen. Yes, they can happen. But when you're in your meditation, when you're in that space, you're calming the mind. That calming of the mind and and slowing down is the exact tool that you need when you're in that situation in the water.
0: Yes, yes.
1: All these workouts I'm talking about, that's great, that's awesome. But it's the space and calmness you see in meditation that you take with you to race morning.
0: Yes, because meditation creates a, res- a, a relaxation and a wholeness response. So when you're in meditation, you're practicing present moment awareness. And present moment awareness is by the way athletes the only place that you are 100% at full capacity that's it so if lori is at the start and she's like got the jitters about how it's going to go and you know maybe thoughts about how the swim's going to go and the bike and what if i get a flat but she's not 100% at capacity
1: no she's not she's not present
0: she's not present
1: but you can reel that back in immediately when you yes. when you notice those and thoughts and lori knows
0: how to get present and um <laughs> she's and she is She is, uh, I believe, it is my understanding that she is experiencing this wholeness and relaxation that happens in meditation. So the wholeness comes from the present moment awareness because when we're fully present, we're 100% whole. We're tapping into that part of us that is always complete. It's always complete. It's just that we're not accessing that wholeness within us. And then the other thing it does is that it creates a relaxation response in the body because sitting still and being in stillness will allow the body to activate its parasympathetic healing nervous system and heal the body. So meditation is huge if you have an opportunity to heal in your body. And then over time with repetition, because it's all repetition, it's all repetition every day, commit to sit, that wholeness and that relaxation starts to show up in your life and the first thing I almost always hear from people is like, dude, I got cut off today and I didn't want to murder the person. Like I didn't want to tail them and follow them home and hurt them. Because they're getting the wholeness and the relaxation response. So now they've created more space between the stimulus and the response. And the stimulus could be the thought. It could be the pre-race jitter. The, what you just said, that one line about how meditation is going to to help you just automatically at the race start is, is so on point. It's so on point. So then the other thing that we're looking at here is, how, you know, how do you stay focused during the race? Well, the only way you can stay focused during the race is by practicing present moment awareness. You have to practice present moment awareness, a.k.a. concentration, also known as focus. You have to practice it. We cannot show up on race day and expect to be focused if we're not practicing focus.
1: So if you're on the trainer and you're biking and you've got headphones plugged in and you're watching something on the computer screen, you're not focused, you're not in the present moment. You're not practicing that.
0: You're still going outside yourself. You're still of going outside.
1: So, so that, For yeah.
0: fuel to, to do the workout. Right.
1: so practice, shut the computer down. It doesn't
0: down. have to be every workout. No,
1: do it for five minutes. Do five minute intervals. Every time you have an interval, shut the computer down, unplug the headphones, do the work for five minutes then charge back up, watch whatever you want to watch, go into the next interval, five minutes, unplug from everything. Feel the sensation in your legs. Feel the thoughts that are coming into your mind. Ask yourself if they're true or not, right? Because most likely they're not true. And now you find yourself in a state of presence, right? You're getting acutely aware of how your knees are cycling over, how your pedal stroke is happening. Are your shoulders relaxed? Where is your head? Where is Where are your eyes going? Oh, I, I have to take a sip of water. Like, now you're getting aware. This is 100% transferable to race day success. Oh, it's 100%. huge, yeah.
0: 100%. It's huge. And yeah, I love that, like, feeling how the body moves because a lot of times people think injury comes out of nowhere, right? But it doesn't. <laughs> no, it's like, there. watch it. And right. I did a, um, actually, on the Patreon page, if you're a supporter, go there and check out the the basically the body scan, the body awareness meditation that I shared, this is a really good one to focus. So body and breath are always happening right now. These are great anchors to the present moment. And that would be a good practice to, to check out. And you could do that every single day and it just gets you into your body and it gets you into the present moment. So you have to practice being focused. And I know you're doing that, Lori. I know you're doing it possibly in a way that you've never done it before because you're doing it through meditation. And and that's that's the that's the antidote. It's the t- it's the antidote. It's the medicine. And then, so after a second swim stroke, assume that she's failed and ruined everything. Now that's a belief system that I know she can change. But
1: that's also the opportunity to come to come to, to rear yourself. back. Yeah, to
0: get into that present moment. And is this true? Have you failed? Is no. the other is the other arm still moving and going into the water? Okay, you have not failed. You're still moving forward. Right.
1: And the and the failure, the thoughts of failure for me, I believe it comes from that the expectation. Like you had, you had a time on your watch. This is the time I was supposed to hit. I'm already two strokes in, and I'm behind. Right. So you're already lo- you're you're losing sight of of the journey. You're you're in it right now. You're in the experience, and so just detach from. Whatever it is. I like, I like to take the, I don't have a watch on the swim. I don't want that other distraction. I just, my focus on the swim is just, just to swim to the, the next buoy. Like, and then even in that, it's like, and this is what I practice in the pool and this is what our athletes practice. It's presence in the pool. Each stroke when you're in, an, like your right hand goes in. Oh, that's cool. My left hand goes in. All right, now my right hand goes in. And if you need a mantra, it's long, strong, and calm, like right stroke in long, strong, and calm. You need all those three things in swimming.
0: And the mantra is going to help you stay focused. Mantras are amazing for racing. Uh, Amazing for racing. I used to use them all the time, racing Ironman. Um, and I just find now that I just, I don't really need them. I mean, I haven't really called upon them, Oh yeah, in Mendocino I did at the end. (laughs) At the end when I was really pushing it, it just came to me. It was like, I am not the doer. I am not the doer. I am not the doer. Yeah, go back
1: to that podcast and listen to that because Jess really, really describes that situation really, really well. Yeah. I think it was the Mendocino 50K uh, race recap.
0: Yeah, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So... You know, just like we need to practice our focus, this belief system about, you know, that you assume that you failed and ruined everything is just a belief that it sounds like you've had it more than once. So you've practiced it. You've practiced it. And if we're practicing that, we're blocking out the opposite of it, which is I'm succeeding and I'm moving forward. So maybe that's the mantra. When you feel that you failed and you've ruined everything, I'm succeeding and I'm moving forward. And so it's brain training. This is true mindset training to create new neural pathways in the brain that are going to shift your belief systems and allow the ones that don't serve you to fall away.
1: Yeah, so the question, it's the question, do you want to change that? Or not.
0: That's, that's always the first question we ask. Do you want to? Do
1: you want to change want that? To change that? And, and, some, it's, and it's okay if you don't. Yeah. Right. It's Sometimes right. I work
0: with because I work with a lot of athletes on the mindfulness piece, and I'll say, "Do you want to change that?" And they're like, "Nope, not really interested." Like I like that part of me. I'm like, "All right, cool." You know, I get it, man. There were things that I was not interested in changing when I first started meditating, but then uh, just keep sitting because it's all gonna fall away. And then you, you like the, it or not,
1: and you can't help but keep all channels open. <laughs> then you're like, "Okay, everything is open. Do I even want to be in triathlon?" Like. This opens up the, the big...
0: I know. What do I ask big, you all the time?
1: Do you still love what you do? Do
0: you still love what you do?
1: And I do. I leave the house. Jess knows this when I leave the house for a big, long ride. It's like, you're, wait, you're like kicking me out the door because you want to take a nap. <laughs> but you're, you're so, getting an extra long nap today. <laughs> but it's like, do you love what you do? And in that moment, I answer immediately, yes, without without denial. I'm in extreme gratitude every day that my, I have a functioning, healthy mind and body that allows me to get out the door every day to, to train hard for the goal that I want to achieve.
0: Nice dude. Yeah. I like it.
1: All right. All next right. One.
0: Cool. Laura, how does pace translate from the treadmill to the road?
1: Great so, question, that's yours, Laura.
0: That's yours, coach.
1: Actually, I got that today on the treadmill from Laura. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And you, did you not As, answer her? Did oh, you, I did. Oh, okay.
1: I, did. Yeah. <laughs> I was just taking it in at first. It would be like
0: you to be like, sit with that desire until Monday when this <laughs> posts. I was like,
1: well, what do you think the pace translate? How do you feel the, the, the pace will translate to outdoors? So I, I can talk to my experience. And yes, the treadmill is definitely different than running outside. There's the momentum of the treadmill. It's automatic, Right. To dummy it down, yes, all you need to do is just keep stepping forward and, and pushing back. The treadmill is going to do a lot of the work. However, you still, need to do, you still need to run. Like It's not an easy thing to run at a treadmill. The second thing is set the treadmill to 1%. That should mimic relatively what happens outdoors. Three, it's an opportunity to control the conditions. So if you're trying to do a test or you're really trying to gauge how fit you are or how fast you are it's it's definitely something that is repeatable and the the surrounding circumstances are very controlled so what i find is running on a treadmill trains the brain you've removed the outside experience of the joy of running outside of seeing the sunshine or the rain or the green flowers or the or the interactions with people or maybe those are distractions for you but you're you're removing that element of looking around and and maybe the wind and road conditions hills and and all of that you're removing all of that you're getting down to business on the treadmill it's a very focused brain mental training session like i don't go to the treadmill to just cruise at z1 or z2 pace i use the treadmill for for hard intervals it's very controlled it's very challenging your mind wants to wander your mind wants to go to see how much time you have left. So you're just waiting, you're enduring, you're waiting for it to be done. When in reality, what you can try to do, like change your experience to that. Embrace the sensation, embrace the time that you get to run at this pace, at this effort level. So how does that translate to the road? I don't know the exact equation. I don't know if there is an equation that seven minute pace on the treadmill equals 7.30 pace for you outside. That's something we can explore, but what I like to do is is challenge you to to have that feel. So I'll use me for an example. My goal is to hit 7.30 pace at an Ironman marathon. What I run on the treadmill at 1% is a 7.13 to 7.19 pace, somewhere in that range. Now, does that translate to a 7.30? Does it translate to a 7.19? I don't know. But what I can say is like the the mind relationship with running faster than the pace I want to hit on race day is a huge mental win. It's building momentum within the brain that says, I can run comfortably at this pace at a seven nine, I only have to hit 730. But I'm running 719 for the distance, whatever it is, five or six miles. Like I comfortably, I ran that. Now my mind, come race day, is gonna be out there. Let's say I look at the watch and I see 7.30, I'm like, wow, and I feel good. I'm, I've am i got this. Like, I've got this pace.
0: Well, I think it's key for you to run quicker than what your goal pace is on the treadmill because you don't have wind. You don't have conditions. Yeah, those factors, right. So maybe 7.19 is translating to your 7.30 pace. Maybe it is. Yeah.
1: Maybe it isn't. So
0: you should do more of that. Yeah. <laughs> Faster, BJ, faster. <laughs> yeah. But you have to think that you're taking conditions out of it. Right. So it's not going to rain in the gym. It's, you know, it's not going to be windy in the gym. It's not going to be blazing sun in the gym. So I would say that the pace on the treadmill, if you're trying to hit a certain pace, would, would this make sense? Like if you're trying to hit a certain pace for a race, that you would want to train a little bit faster than your race pace because your race is not going to be on a treadmill. And you're going to have those other conditions. So you might as well get stronger at a quicker pace so that you can go out and use that strength in the conditions of being outdoors. Yeah,
1: and it's not a dramatic increase in pace. Like, I just want to make that clear. You're not going to go run 5.30s on the treadmill and then, and then go out no, and No, we're do talking like, seconds, people. Yeah, we're talking seconds. Seconds, so. people. Yeah.
0: Okay, moving on. Thanks, Laura. And Amy- great job this morning, Laura. Yeah, dude. <laughs> she was so excited. She went... She went to the workout yesterday. <laughs> yeah, she showed up at the gym waiting for me.
1: She's super excited. i surprised she didn't stay there all the, like, the way until And today. that
0: workout will be 24 hours from now. <laughs> Sorry, Laura, but I'm glad you were able to come over and take a shower. All right, Amy, lack and worry. Oh, man, do I know about this. Creating a morning routine that's enjoyable and sustainable. So lack and worry. Girl, we live in a world of lack. We live in a world of worry. We live in a world of fear. Everybody's selling it and people are buying it up like it's going out of style, but you don't have to be that person. You don't have to be buying it up. Mantras, is a really, mantras are super helpful to move out of these mindsets of lack, like that we don't have enough, that we don't have enough money, that we don't have enough time. And so a, a mantra that I used when we were first living here in California and the bank account balance was just like, it was just tumbling down. And then all of a sudden for the first time in, I don't know how many years, five, maybe seven years credit needed credit cards. Right. And so I had to shoot cause we hadn't, I thought I was done with credit cards forever. And then I was like, my God, we need these because our life, our money is just going away and now we're going to have nothing. So one of the mantras that I used to use, I said it all the time. Okay, I'm going to use the God word. So if that doesn't feel good to you, you can use source or the divine or uh, divine mother or whatever, the universe, you can use whatever you want. But this is what I used to say, and sometimes I still say it. God is my limitless supply. Large amounts of money come to me easy, under grace, in the perfect way and i loved that so much because i didn't want to just i didn't want to just go out and do something to get money in order to get money i wanted it to come in the perfect way i wanted it to be in grace and in alignment because i deserve it to be in grace and in alignment with my purpose here on this earth so god is my limitless supply large amounts of money come to me easy under grace in the perfect way. And I said that over and over and over and over again. And then along with that, every time I went to the mail, we would say this all the time anyway, but we would say money comes every day. Every day money comes. Money comes every day. And so this is the neural pathway shifting in the brain, you know, creating new beliefs that you always have more than enough. And I think I talked about, I don't know, I've definitely talked about this on the podcast. I did an interview with a magazine here in San Diego and I'll put a link to that in the show notes because one of the questions they asked was, you know, has it been easy? Have you had hangups? And it's like, yeah, when we had a eighty-one in our business account and no money coming into, into our lives for... 10 days. And even in those 10 days, I was like, money comes in every day. Money comes in every day because I knew the physical was going to catch up. And we had $9 in our personal account. And I would open up the refrigerator. And I talk about this in this, in this interview, I open up the refrigerator and I would look at the food and I would look at the vegetables and I would look at the color. And I would think, my God, we have, I have more than I could ever need. I am healthy. My husband's healthy. My dog is healthy. I have a roof over my head. So it's, looking everywhere for the gratitude, prepare your marinade for sleep, rest in the knowing that you are provided for always, always. And that right now, right now you are fine. And then creating the attitude of gratitude. So I used to think that was like, oh, whatever. I'm grateful, but I was not grateful until I was brought to my knees and really had to start getting grateful. So getting grateful. What do you? What can you be grateful for? In those moments where worry takes you over, look at everything that you have. Look at everything that you have, and prepare that marinade for sleep and gratitude and detach before you go to sleep and um and know that the universe is inherently abundant and that money is just energy and it's this this i belief system that we have to work really hard to make money or that the only people that make money are CEOs or people in finance it's a load of crap it's a load of crap and perfect example we have, BJ and I have condensed our teaching schedule with studios and our, um, you know, coaching and everything. So, so money is coming in and like it's coming in through PayPal and it's, and it's coming in directly into our business account through the yoga studios that we teach at. So money isn't actually coming in envelopes anymore in the mail, which it used to come in through different ways that people would pay us. And so it made no sense today for me to think that there was money coming in the mail. And we walked down to the mailbox and I just had this, this knowing like, we're gonna get money in the mail today. There was no reason we were supposed to get money in the mail today. And I got a hundred dollars in the mail today. A hundred dollars. Somebody sent us a hundred dollars. That's insane. It's amazing. And it's proof, it's, it's, it's just proof that money can come in the perfect way easily without having to work hard or ask for it. And that doesn't mean action. So I don't want you to think that you can sit on the couch and watch Netflix and then all of a sudden have money rolling in. You act and allow. You act and allow and you believe. You believe. And look at the leaves on the trees. Look at the grains of sand on the beach. Look at the blades of grass. There is no lack in this universe. That is a completely flawed belief. It is untrue. This universe is so abundant, and that abundance is your divine right, and it's a vibrational alignment. It is a vibrational alignment, because if you're aligning with lack, then that's where you're living, and if you're aligning with abundance, people are going to send you money in the mail, right? Like, it's just, it's crazy, and and it was, that money was, I was so grateful for that today, because it's the end of the month. And I really, really am so, so grateful for that money. So abundance is everywhere. And then as far as creating a morning routine that's enjoyable and sustainable, and I want your opinion on this too, BJ, but I would say that mindset starts the night before. It starts the night before. You set that alarm... And you look, when I set my alarm last night for 4.45 this morning, because I knew I wanted to get my meditation in and I wanted to get a run in and I wanted to exercise Clark and I wanted to have time to make breakfast and I wanted to get to 8 a.m. yoga on a Saturday. I set that alarm last night for 4.45 and I just felt so much excitement about how I was going to get this amazing jump on the day as opposed to, oh my God, I'm getting up so early. I'm going to be so tired. And then I set my marinade for sleep, and I woke up this morning, and I was so excited to get out of bed. So I think it starts the night before. And, you know, at first, got to repetition, 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 repetition. So like I always say, when people are starting to meditate, meditate in the morning. Make it the first thing that you do, and do the exact same thing every morning. Get up, brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, sit. But you gotta prepare that marinade the night before because if you're gonna start trying to make decisions at quarter of five in the morning, you're gonna self-sabotage. It's, too late. It. it's, it's way too late. <laughs> it's not gonna happen.
1: Snooze. It's is like pop trying in. to figure out
0: why you're doing Iron Man at mile eighteen of the marathon yeah. when you're suffering. Don't try and figure it out then, right? The mindset needs to be set and habitual. So that morning routine starts the night before. And the enjoyable part and the sustainable part is your choice. Are you aligning your actions and are you choosing the feelings that you want to indulge or create that are aligned with, with this morning routine? How do you get a morning routine well, that's think, enjoyable think op- and sustainable?
1: I think it opens up a bigger, it opens up bigger questions because if you're, if you're not, you know, fire it up and have the direction for where you want to go and it's, it, First thing in the morning, then that that's a deeper question. Like, I get up every day with the appreciation that I I get, I get, I have the opportunity to start my day working out, like meditation, working out, like I. So you have gratitude. You've created gratitude, right? Right. Because there's days. This is so. This is such a, a a defining moment when when athletes out there, you're injured, you're sick you're traveling, you're not able to work out. Are you truly embracing, are you just, are you just saying it sucks, I can't work out, I, just, I, I, can't get, I don't have the time today, or I'm injured, are you embracing the sensation of what you feel during those times? Are you truly embracing it, that you cannot move your body? Right, that's taken away from you. Can you really embrace that? Because if you truly embrace that- And start
0: building the excitement right. for when, when you're, you're gonna can, be get back. Yeah, I yeah, like and and that. And then
1: when you get back, that's the moment you call upon. That's the moment you say, "Wow, it was last year when I sprained both my ankles and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do anything. And today I'm going to sleep in and skip a workout? No, I'm not going to do that because I remember the sensation of being in bed, of sitting there for day after day, not being able to move, wishing, only wishing I could be out there Exercising,
0: So I think what you're saying is like, be present with it. Like when you're present, and, and I remember, um, I still remember how the sun felt on my cheek when we got married that day on the beach in Kauai. Like that's present moment awareness. I can, still feel, I can still feel the sand underneath my feet. And when you're really engaged in the present moment, you won't forget. Well, we don't forget anything anyway. It's just our minds are so cloudy. We think we forget, but you won't forget. Like, you don't forget what it felt like when you couldn't race Iron Man like plastic because you had some, like, crazy virus that hit you in 2016. Like, you don't forget what that felt like. Not at all. So being present and soaking up and taking in the moment and know that, you know, you've got all the power in the world to do what you want with that moment and create whatever you want in that moment And so you can create feeling bad for yourself and taking that power away from yourself by feeling like a victim to the injury or the illness or the sickness or the travel. Or you can be like, I can't wait to get back. I'm so excited. This is really building the momentum for me to get back. Yeah, I like that. All right. Moving on?
1: Moving on. Moving
0: on. We are cruising today. Okay. Anita. How to stop emotional eating. This is present moment awareness, my friend. This is self-talk. This is, you know, what am I feeling? And am I hungry? And is this aligned with the goals that I have and the person that I want to be? And this is like hardcore truth. Get real. Get real with, with yourself.
1: yourself. Yeah. Get
0: and it, real with yourself.
1: And how does it feel? Feel. like emotional eating. You're just, you go in, you go in. I do it too. Like you just eat, eat, eat. But how does it really f- stop? And how does it really feel in the body? Yeah. When you stop, you're like, Oh, I'm getting really full, but I'm going to keep eating. Oh wait, but I'm now I'm super full. I'm going to keep eating.
0: And you got to practice that present moment awareness yeah. to be able to have that space between stimulus and response. So, the emotion feels really heavy and really big. And then you're going to the food, and there's no gap between stimulus and response. So, I don't know if you have a meditation practice, but I highly, highly recommend a meditation practice. I mean, meditation, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast. I used to smoke a lot of pot. When I was an Ironman athlete, I was smoking a lot of pot. When I was a yoga teacher, like I was still, that was like the tail end when I became a yoga teacher, it was starting to fall away. And it was falling away because I was getting into the gap between stimulus and response. I was able to make a conscious choice in the face of habit. And I was like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. This doesn't give me what it used to give me because my vibration was being raised. And my outlet with smoking pot was that it made me, it made me just feel like the person I wanted to be. And then meditation did that same thing, and I didn't need it anymore, and it fell away. And so I cannot stress enough how much, and I would be happy to work with you, I uh, work one-on-one with people, or join our M21 group. That community is so strong and powerful. It's insane. And I love how people are getting into the groove. Like, they're they're like on their phones in the midst of like a intense wave in their life and they're like chiming into the community and we're like, all right, here you go. Like take a breath. It's present moment awareness, but just to have, we have, I think we've got like 55 people in there right now, like 55 people are now there and they're supporting you because we're all just trying to figure this thing out. We're all just trying to figure this thing out. So I will give you um, a tip that I just heard on podcast And it's called the "instead of eating" list. This girl makes up a list of, and it's Sam Shorty, vegan bodybuilder. She makes up a list of all the things to do instead of eating. So she doesn't make up this list in the in the midst of an emotional eating attack, like when she wants. (laughs) That's not
1: the time to be. When
0: she's like about to have her feet sticking out of like the tub of a peanut butter jar. But she makes the list up when she is like whole and complete and fed and not emotional. And then she goes to that list. So maybe that list is in the kitchen. In big letters on bright paper. And it's your instead of eating list. Instead of eating, I'm gonna go for a walk. Instead of eating, I'm going to
1: do 10 push ups.
0: Do 10 push ups. Instead of eating, I'm gonna drink 24 ounces of water. Instead of eating, I'm going to drive to an empty spot in a parking lot and I'm going to scream. Instead of eating, like, so you make up all the things that. And it could
1: be tasks too. Like, yes. what, what do you have to do? So instead of eating, I'm gonna go out and garden and weed the garden right? These are tasks that you can accomplish throughout your day, like household tasks. So now you're not only removing yourself from binging, binge eating or emotional eating, you're, you're getting stuff accomplished in your, in your house.
0: And that just that list is going to be your buffer between stimulus and response. Now within that, you still have a choice. You've got the choice. And let's say you still choose the emotional eating, but at least you're choosing it. And that's the first step that's the first step is that you're choosing it with consciousness um, or not choosing it with consciousness. So, oh, yeah, I would love to dive in that deeper with you, girlfriend. So, anyway, I'm here for you. Okay, and then another question. Have you ever had to deal with anger, frustration, deep, deep sadness due to animal cruelty? There is so much stuff on social media especially when you're vegan obviously you follow lots of vegan pages actually we don't really follow a lot of vegan pages i mean we have a lot of vegan athletes but i'll tell you right now i don't i don't follow the people that show the horrible videos and I, and i will get into that why i don't do that because that's really the answer to this question how do i deal with this probably the best solution would be to stop using social media altogether but that's not easy since we're connect with people through it as well So the first thing I have to say is that you can delete Facebook off your phone and you can cancel your account. I see a lot of people doing it. Like I'm done with Facebook, Facebook's this and Facebook's that. And it's like, Facebook's just the symptom. Facebook is the alcohol for the alcoholic. Like it's what's underneath, what's underneath that is, you know, is really the belief system or the behavior pattern that's not serving you anymore. And that's what we want to look at. So, you know, face in the short term, if Facebook is just exacerbating, but you realize that you want to get to the underlying belief system, then, you know, get rid of Facebook and get to the underlying belief system. But don't think that getting rid of Facebook is going to help because right. it's not.
1: Yeah, it's not going to help. It's still going to exist. It's going to be there. In, in It's going to show up. Right. It's like so the you,
0: classic, like. Oh my god, there's that person in the grocery store that I don't want to see so and you avoid them. Aisle. Well, whatever that issue ha- you have with that person is going to show up in another person or another life situation or you're going to start seeing that same person everywhere you go until right. you deal with it.
1: you can seriously get caught up in all these videos and and yeah, I, and articles and and stuff that people are posting. We did, we were following a few and I think we just uns- we just unfollowed like it's just
0: it's just not aligned just with not the al- message yeah, right. that I want to put out. Right. It's not aligned. So what, how do you, I mean, you're a totally compassionate person when it comes to animals. So how do you deal with it? Like when you think, like when we were driving cross country and we saw those slaughterhouse trucks and there is a podcast that we talked about, I talked about this on, and I think it's called Relationship Road Trippin'. And we, it's actually really, I actually listened to it not too long ago because we talk a lot about fear. Because we were in Arizona at the that point, and we talk about the most intense times. And my thing was the slaughterhouse trucks, the transport trucks that I would see through the Midwest and on that trip. We drove seven thousand miles, so I saw a lot of animals. Getting we were behind, transported to their behind death.
1: a lot of trucks like that. Dude. Yeah, we passed man. so many. Farms. So th- I'm going to put
0: a link to that in the show notes. And if you haven't listened to that, it's a good one. We talk about relationships, and we talk about um, we reflect on our trip, and we also talk a lot about fear. So that's a really good one. But how do, you, how do you navigate? What, what's your relationship to it when we're driving up the five and we go past that factory farm on our way to NorCal?
1: I, so I use the um, Peace and Harmony.
0: Oh, that's so good.
1: So I send five Peace and Harmonies to the animals and three Peace and Harmonies to myself. It, it, it's literally you're saying Peace and Harmony, 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 five times directed at them. And then Peace and Harmony, Peace and Harmony, Peace and Harmony, three times directed at me. And I do that until the energy starts to dissipate, starts to to lower down. I also, for me personally, I think of the experience we had at Farm Sanctuary and the ability that you and I had to to impact those animals. The, fa- the whole Farm Sanctuary community, we dove in for, I don't even know, Oh, I think it was four or five days of like, hard labor on the farm helping these animals being up close with them and that's what i want to celebrate i want to celebrate the time that we were able to give to these animals that were once in a situation that was not a, a that was a horrific. Good scenario yeah. and now they've come out the other side so all i can all i can do is keep sending positive Positive energy to those animals that are in the truck that are still in the the factory farms and
0: the people who are working at and those the peop- factory right, farms. The,
1: their energy has got to be super low, super dark. Like I don't want, I don't wish that upon anyone. I don't wish them any harm. I don't wish them any.
0: No, they'll be taken care of. Believe yeah, me. You just don't,
1: and you don't want to create any car, any bad karma. Right. So, so what's the opposite? The opposite is to send them healing and positive vibes and. And really understand that you are doing something to help them by doing that. Like just stepping away and saying you can't do anything.
0: Or that sending them positive vibes is not doing anything. Right. It's doing so much. So you're in, so I did a post yesterday on my personal page about, cause this has been coming in so big for me this week. And especially around the vegan movement, it's really been coming into my meditations Is this idea that, and I really, I learned this, I got so much clarity around this. I think, you know, my meditation teacher has been telling me this for years, but I got so much clarity around this really through the M21 group, that the problem and the solution are not the same energy. They're not the same energy. So if we're ruminating in the sadness and the horror of what's happening, we're in the problem energy. We're not in the solution energy, okay? Okay. So I did this meditation that was from the M21 group on Monday. Golden did it. It's a guided, guided meditation. We do guided meditations in there. And it was so amazing. And she, one of the questions she asked was like about a belief system that you want to shift. And I've done so much shifting around the belief system of lack when it comes to money. And this question that's been coming into me this week has been, what am I not seeing? Because everything is in flow. So I'm like, what am I not seeing? So the question that came up in that meditation was, what am I? I've healed so much around financial lack and these old belief systems that don't serve me. What am I not seeing? So that was kind of my thing that I wanted to open up and expand on in my meditation. And then she says, well, envision and feel that ex- an experience of that person that has shifted that belief system. And I haven't told you this, BJ, but... I had a vision of being at Farm Sanctuary. My God, this makes me like want to cry. Because it makes so much sense. And we donated, we are going to donate a ton of money to build tiny houses at Farm Sanctuary so people can come and they can visit the animals and they can volunteer. And I had this vision of being there and I had this, I could hear myself saying, like, this is such a joy. Because we were talking to people there at Farm Sanctuary. This is such a joy. i and in my meditation, I hear myself say, I meditated about this. I dreamed about this. This is such a joy for us to do. And so I was talking to Golden about it, and I was like, I like it just all made so much sense that I was supposed to come here and be vegan and I'm not an angry vegan. I don't shame people who eat meat. I sit across the table from people eating meat because I love those people. You know, I don't choose to go to the meat centric restaurant that just opened, but I don't shame people. And it's just not in my, my vibration to be angry and to force people to watch videos of horror and And I said, and and I think that's why I love Farm Sanctuary so much is because their their message is from compassion and it's not from hate. They're in the solution energy. And that's what Golden said to me that day. She goes, it's because they're in the solution energy and you're in the solution energy. And just everything made so much sense. Like, So whether I was one of those animals in another life, maybe I was one of those slaughterhouse workers in another life, but I am here to make amends. And I'm making amends through love.
1: And we weren't vegan at one time. We
0: weren't vegan so at we one time. So
1: were like all these other people.
0: I used to eat 11 pieces of bacon at breakfast. That was like my magic number. And it's funny because 11 is a really spiritual number. So talk about being contradictory. But,
1: but you were there once. So be in the solution energy. Yeah.
0: BJ's technique of peace and harmony is so effective. And you do that with intense focus until you are calm again. And I'm just going to end this question with a post that my meditation teacher posted yesterday. Don't try and banish the darkness that is in this world today by beating it with a stick. Turn on the light. Every attuned thought, word, action, and feeling we have illumes a small part of the world. And it does. Because Farm Sanctuary, which has helped thousands and thousands of animals started with one animal, Hilda. It started with one animal. And Jean Bauer didn't know what, that Farm Sanctuary was going to turn into what it did, but it started with one act of compassion, one act of bravery, one act of love. And we just need to keep doing those because we want to be in the solution energy. So be in that solution energy. All right, final question. That was beautiful, by the way. Thank you. (sighs) I'm getting so much clarity around this vegan thing. It's just amazing and how committed I am to stay in that love and that solution energy. All right, Tina, coming in with the final question today. Recovery after 250Ks this spring and summer, exclamation point. What are you doing to give your body some extra love? I want to ask you, BJ, as an objective person, what do you think I do to take such good care of my body?
1: You take time off. You take rest.
0: I'm good at taking rest. And
1: it's not just sitting on the couch eating bonbons.
0: No. I don't first of like, all, we I don't, don't even know what a bonbon is. First,
1: okay, first you don't know what a bonbon is, and second, we don't have a couch.
0: <laughs> okay, so we don't those, have any. Solutions aren't happening, <laughs> so
1: that's not happening. But it's taking the downtime. It's Boy. being it's being okay with not having that structured plan to get out and run. It's not feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose all this fitness and all this, you know. Speed and strength that I have worked so hard for it's because I
0: know I can get it back
1: Right, it's accepting where you are and that your body needs to rest because we always talk We we talk about the stress rest adapt, right? You stress the body you need to rest it and then the rest period the body adapts So after these two races well after the first race you rested your body adapted to what you did on that race day And then you let up got back to training slowly ramp back up we didn't get go right back to 40 miles a week we started at 20 25 miles a week and slowly ramped that up you raced again you stressed the body killed it then you rested a good period yep and then you adapted now you're you're training for another 50k
0: yeah and i feel good
1: and but you're keeping up with the this the, the the things that matter most right the things that matter most when you're not training the meditation the nutrition and yoga. Yeah. So those three things don't get a break. They don't get a break when you're, when you're off no, the training No, if
0: anything, it's, it's even better. Right. It's so as better. an
1: objective observer, those are the things that athletes should be doing hmm. when they're out from a race.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, that was going to be my answer, is that it's the recipe. So the meditation, the rest. After Mendocino, I took two weeks off from running, and I did a lot of yoga, and I did walking. And it wasn't a plan two weeks. It wasn't like I'm going to take two weeks off. I wanted a break. I didn't know that I was going to race again in seven or eight weeks. And then during that taper, I signed up for that next race, which was just like this intuitive hit, like boom, just signed up for it. Uh, What I didn't know at the time was that it was going to be an amazing experience. And then coming off the Black Mountain, where I had an hour PR, I rested for another two weeks. But I started running in that second week because I just wanted to get back and my body felt really good. The rest is important because if you're not adapting, you're asking for opportunities to heal, to show up, and you're asking for overtraining, and you're asking to not be able to hit those higher levels that you want to hit as an athlete. You have to rest so that you can adapt. You have to rest. You go hard on your hard days, easy on your easy days. I have an amazing coach, so I don't even have to think about that. I just have to execute. I just have to execute. Like today, I executed a tempo run, or you had intervals in there. What would you call that? Is it tempo or interval workout I did today? It was interval. Yeah. And my legs were so heavy. But I just executed it. You know, I was in that present moment. I executed it. And then I got back here, and I went to yoga. And, you know, and then I came back actually this afternoon and you were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I just getting this hit that I need to rest. So I rested and I napped. I feel like this whole podcast is about how much I nap. So I think it's that, but it's also what do I eat? What do I eat? I eat a whole foods, plant-based diet. I eat a very alkaline diet. I don't eat a lot of processed foods. I love potato chips. I, am, I do not hide that. I love potato chips. I've got potato chip karma.
1: But it's not, you don't potato chips every day. But I don't
0: have potato chips every day. No. So I choose, you know. And um, meditation, you know, and having a healthy relationship with my sport. And meditation provides a purification process for the body. It provides a purification process for the body. So when you first start meditating, you might get sick. You might get. You might have an opportunity to heal in your body because your body is purifying. But now I can't remember the last time that I was sick or I can't remember the last time I had like an injury that took me out. I mean, I just choose times to heal when I feel like my body, like, okay, it needs time to heal now. And I give it time to adapt. And sometimes that's a week and sometimes that's a day. And like last year I took... A few months off from running, and I just did a lot of walking and a lot of yoga. So it's—I think it's just this recipe. And also, I have a lot of knowledge about the body. I studied the body for over a decade as a massage therapist and working with athletes and he, we're, treating injury and understanding you know, what it looks like to overtrain, what it looks like to undertrain, what it looks like not to rest, what it looks like to rest too much, what it looks like to heal pretty much every injury in the body. And so I've also got that knowledge. So it really is this recipe, but I would say the most important thing behind all of it is a mindset, a healthy, I have mental immunity, I have mental immunity. Like, I have a very, very solid mindset, and I don't say that in an egotistical way. I say it in a way that, man, I have, I have committed like crazy to training my mind, and it's 24-7. I'm not in an off mode at any time with my mind training. It's 24-7 mindfulness.
1: That's the recipe.
0: That's the recipe, Don't baby. overthink
1: it. Don't overcomplicate it.
0: It's just oh, show up yes. every day,
1: do the simple things, the simple tasks,
0: and always be in the solution energy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, always.
0: Cool. All right, you guys, we're signing off. We're signing off.
1: Let's sign off. All, All right. right. We got to get moving. We got to get We got to get moving here. because we
0: got trucker hats in. They are awesome. We're going to be popping those in the mail on Monday. If you ordered one, you'll be getting that this week. We got our high vibe e-cookbook pre-order up. Check that out. You can also
1: order trucker hats if you haven't gotten yours. Yeah,
0: yogitriathlete.com forward slash shop. And there's a couple new treats up there too. A couple shirts. Oh
1: yeah, check it out.
0: Yeah, check it out. All right, thanks you guys. We could not do this without you. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for the support. And how about leaving a review on iTunes? We haven't had a review in a long... How about...
1: The first person to leave a review... Gets... A trucker hat.
0: What?! That's awesome.